Hello everyone, this is Dr. Tony Evans with The Urban Alternative, and I'm excited to welcome you to join us on a journey. A journey through Hebrews 11, it's known as the Hall of Faith, where men and women discovered what God can do when God's people learn to live, walk, and act by faith. The beautiful thing is, it's not just about them. It's about us. As the author of Hebrews writes to New Testament believers, that's who we are, about how the lives of Old Testament saints who learn to live by faith should challenge and affect our lives as we live by faith. So we're excited to welcome you on this journey. It's gonna be an exciting trip. We're gonna learn a lot. Most importantly, we're gonna be transformed by the truth of what it means to be a kingdom hero who lives by faith. We start with Hebrews 11 verse four. The first personality given to us because he's the first man who had to live fully by faith because he's the first man born in sin. You see, Hebrews 11 verse four says these words. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. God testifying about his gifts and through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. We now want to talk about the faith of Abel. And Abel is going to teach us today what it means to worship by faith. What it means to worship by faith. Now each of these stories comes from the Old Testament. So to fully understand what the author of Hebrews is saying in the New Testament, you need to go back to the Old Testament story. The Old Testament story of Cain and Abel is found in Genesis chapter 4, the first book of the Bible. Abel is the first man of faith because unlike his mother and father, Adam and Eve, he didn't get to live in a perfect environment and see God face to face because initially sin had not entered the world. But when Adam and Eve sinned, they were removed from the presence of God. When they were removed from the presence of God, God slew an animal to cover them, emblematic and symbolic of the removal of sin by blood. God slew an animal and covered Adam and Eve. Remember, they tried to cover themselves with fig leaves. They went out and used God's creation to cover themselves, God slew an animal to provide a covering. Stay with me. God rejected their ability to cover themselves and God created a way for him to cover them. The Bible says in chapter four, verse one, that Adam knew Eve and she gave birth to the first son and his name was Cain. She gave birth again, verse two, 
to his brother Abel. Abel was a keeper of flocks. Cain was a tiller of the ground. Here it is, verse 3. So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. Abel on his part brought the firstlings of the flock and their fat portions and the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. These two boys were raised in a God-fearing home. They were not raised by parents who were not sure that God was real because Adam and Eve grew up or, or were uh, married by God. They were created by God. They walked with God in the cool of the day. So they were not raised in an atheistic environment. They were raised in a theistic or God-oriented environment. And guess what Adam and Eve taught their boys? She taught them, you got to go to church. She taught them about worshiping God. It says in the course of time, verse 3, Abel and Cain brought an offering to God. That meant there was a prescribed time for worship in the course of time. There was a prescribed place of worship because they brought their offerings to a location. So God had given them the time, God had given them the place, and then there was a prescribed way of worshiping. We know that it was a prescribed way because he rejected Cain's offering and accepted Abel's offering. So one person did something right, the other person did something wrong. One person did it the way God wanted it, the other person did not. Cain worshipers, and Abel worshipers, because both of them went to church. Both of them went to the place. Both of them did the activity, but only one of them was accepted. I want you to know whether you're a Cain worshiper or an Abel worshiper, so that if you're an Abel worshiper, you'll keep worshiping like Abel, and if you're a Cain worshiper, you'll switch over quick, and you'll see why. So we've learned thus far, it is possible to go to worship and have your worship rejected. To have God said, you wasted your time this morning. When it came to their worship, this showed both boys believed in God because they came to worship. Neither was an atheist. Both desired for their presence to be accepted by God. And you'll see in a moment, Cain gets ticked off when his isn't. Because Cain ran into the problem that many of us run into, watch this, and that is wanting to worship God our own way. Now, in other words, wanting to worship God like I want to worship him, not like he expects me to. So here they are, the two boys go to church, so to speak, to use New Testament language, to worship. When they go to church to worship, we see their offerings, what they brought to God. It says, Cain brought an offering to the Lord from the fruit of the ground, verse 3. Verse 4, Abel on his part 
brought the firstlings of the flock and their fat portions, and the Lord regarded Abel's offering. He didn't regard Cain's offering. Something was wrong with what they brought. What was wrong with it? Cain went and he got some tomatoes, some cabbage, whatever, whatever fruit he brought, whatever it was, and he put it on the altar and he says, here it is, God. I've come to church. Abel brought the firstlings of the flock and their fat portion. Here it is, God. I've come to church. God had regard for Abel's offering, which means he consumed it because whenever God accepted your offering in scripture, he would consume it. Abel's offering was sitting on the altar and nothing. God didn't snatch it up. He had no regard for it or to put it in everyday language. He said, I ain't doing nothing with that. I can't accept that. What you mean, God? I've been working all week. I've been tilling the ground. I brought you my stuff. God said, I can't use that. You see, God had already told Adam and Eve and therefore through them Cain and Abel that to come in my presence, you must deal with sin. To come in my presence, you must deal with sin. And the only way to deal with sin is through sacrifice. I slew an animal to deal with the sin of your mama and your daddy. Abel brought a sacrifice to deal with his sin and you're bringing me fruit. You want to worship me without dealing with sin. You want to come into my presence without dealing with your rebellion or whatever it is in your life that keeps you estranged from me. You just want to show up at church, skip sin, and want me to be happy. I cannot regard your offering if accompanied with your church attendance is your refusal to recognize and want to address my way, sin. Brothers and sisters, the whole reason Jesus died on the cross was because of our sin and our need for atonement. You worship without atonement and your worship is not regarded. That is why we center our worship on Jesus Christ because he is the sin bearer. So the first thing that Cain did or did not do that Abel did was he worshiped God in a way that recognized the reality of sin, his need for forgiveness in order to be accepted by a holy God. This is the Tony Evans Training Center, an online platform of courses featuring compelling video and audio teaching by Dr. Tony Evans. Each course follows a scripture-based curriculum that you will find to be timely and challenging. Course topics range from exegetical deep dives and book studies to building a family with a kingdom mindset. Choose the content that's right for you on your terms and engage in valuable discussions with other students via the community dashboard. This course is for your implementation through your church for the well-being of your community. Life is busy, but Bible study is still possible. 
The Tony Evans Training Center. Explore the kingdom anytime, anywhere. So the first way to be a Cain worshiper is to not believe God enough to give him what he asked for and you insist on giving him what you want. What you just said was, you're a liar, I can't trust you, <laughs> but I'm in church. God's integrity has been challenged in worship. There's a second thing they did. It says, Abel brought the firstlings of the flock and their fat. All it says about Cain is he brought an offering. So I said, he brought an offering. But it says about Abel, he brought the firstlings of his flock and their fat. He didn't give God junk and leftovers. Firstlings meant the head one, chief one of the flock. The fat meant he found something juicy. Found something with a lot of blubber on it to offer up to God. Cain showed up and his worship was rejected because it was not a worship that was based on faith. By faith, Abel offered his sacrifice. Cain had all the looks of reality, but he was actually a facade of religion. The offering of Cain lies there. And God says, unacceptable. Something happened. Watch this now. Watch this. This is deep. This is deep. Verse 5. But for Cain and for his offering, why? Because your offering is never detached from you. The Cain and his offering, because God is seeing your seriousness by what you display with your time, talents, and treasures. So Cain, here it is, here it is. You don't want to miss this, folks. Verse 5 says of Genesis 4, but Cain became very angry and his countenance fell. Okay, okay, stay with me here. Cain became extremely angry, very angry, ticked off, and his countenance fell. He became angry and depressed. Okay? He is depressed all because his worship was off. God didn't regard his worship, so his emotions were crazy. Verse 6 of Genesis 4. Then the Lord said to Cain, God's talking to Cain because Cain is emotionally down. Why are you so angry? Why are you mad, boy? And why has your countenance fallen? Why are you so depressed? Okay, verse 7. If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? The reason why you're so depressed, you ain't doing right. You're not doing right. Well, what did the boy do wrong? Not worship right. He didn't do right because he didn't worship right. He didn't address sin. He wanted to give God just what he wanted to offer God. His emotions took over and began to dominate him. And God wasn't going to fix it until he changed his worship. Verse 7, if you do well, will not your countenance be lifted again? You're going to smile again? And if you do not do well, if you don't change what you're doing, 
sin is crouching at the door and its desire is for you, but you must master it. Oh, no, he didn't go there. He says, sin is crouching at the door. That means that that's, that's a picture of an animal that's getting real low, ready to... Okay, walk with me now. Your worship not right, Cain. Your not right worship has affected your emotional stability. So now you're mad all the time, and now you're depressed because your countenance is falling. And we got an animal at the door ready to pounce on you. The animal at the door is called sin. He calls sin like an animal crouching. He gives it a personality. He says, this thing called sin is crouching at the door. But wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought you already sinned when you worship. Well, yeah, you did. You sinned against me when you worship because you gave me junk worship. But I'm talking about a person called sin because it can crouch, it can leap, okay? A personality called sin. In other words, something's getting ready to eat you up. Sin is crouching at the door. This lion, tiger, is getting ready to pounce on you and he gonna eat you up. Okay, let's go back. Let's start again. You messed up worship. May God say, I can't do nothing with that. Which causes you to be angry and depressed. When you get angry and depressed, sin has got an open door that it didn't have before to now dominate you, jump on you, and eat you up. It all showed up because your worship was wrong, your emotions got wrong, so your spirit got wrong, and now you're under the control of sin. It's dominating you, controlling you, all because your worship was off. It all started because you got detached from a God who couldn't use the junk you were throwing his way. And God says, I'm not going to change it until you change. Change what? I don't have the power to change. No, change your worship. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4, that though dead, he speaks. Abel speaks, though dead. Cain is ticked off in Genesis chapter 4 and he finds his brother and kills him in verse 8. Well, wait a minute, watch that now. Even though dead, Abel speaks. So if Abel's dead and he talking, he's still alive. Okay? So he died, but he's still living because he's talking. So Abel is now talking. What does Abel have to say? Abel said, God says to Cain, where's your brother, verse 9? His brother said, I don't know where my brother is. I'm not my brother's keeper. God says to Cain in verse 10, the voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Man, your brother having a talk. You're not going to tell me where he is, but we've already had a conversation about his location. He is having a conversation with God. Now watch this. 
Cain's life from that point on would become a lifetime of misery. He says, you're going to wander the earth and I'm not going to let nobody kill you. I'm going to let you live the rest of your life miserable. Folk who are going to want to kill you, I'm going to block them from killing you because I want to let you live in a living hell. Anybody in here living in a living hell all because your worship was off? You, you, you're not going to die. You're going to live. And you're going to wonder, and he says, this is too much for me. But in the book of Hebrews, it says, though did, Hebrews 11 verse 4, watch this, Abel still speaks. But that's in the New Testament. That's you and me. So what is he trying to tell you and me? Because he's still talking. The next to the last book of the New Testament is the book of Jude. Jude only has one chapter. And the one chapter in Jude, around verse 11, talks about the way of Cain. Talks about the way of Cain. Abel still speaks, Hebrews 11, 4. Jude, the way of Cain. Cain created a chain reaction. His chain reaction is false religion. False religion is coming to God like you please, not like he requires. False religion. People who don't go to heaven are going to heaven, many of them, while coming to church. Now, I hope that's nobody in here. But you could be coming to church but not going to heaven. That's because you're using your own way to get there. God has prescribed that there is no other way to salvation other than through Jesus Christ. You're trying to work your way to heaven and trying to make heaven your home. Well, you're going to be duly surprised when your worship was rejected because no man is saved by their works. They're only saved by the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. You come to God through Christ, not through being a better, nicer person. So if you go the way of Cain, you're going to wind up wandering forever. That is the biblical definition of hell. But Abel still speaks. And what is he saying to you and me today? Very simple. Abel is saying to me and to you and to us today, you come to God by revelation, not by human reason. Let me say it again. His message is the only way God will accept you coming to him is by what he reveals, not what you think. Not how you were raised. Not what your mama said, not what your daddy said, not what your friend said, not what the media says. Unless what they said is what he says, you ought to make your decisions by revelation, not by what you can conjure up or I can conjure up in my puny, finite mind. Because the only thing I conjure up in my mind is what my mind can partake of. Human reason. But what God, what faith is, are things that are not seen are things that are beyond me. But because God has integrity, I move on what he says. Not on what I feel, not on what I think, not on what I heard, not on what my reason tells me unless it is consistent with what he's revealed. That's the message of Abel. And it starts with your worship. Are you giving God the time, the talent, and yes, the treasure that he's asked for, and are you giving it to him first? Or are you throwing in some fruit loops? You're throwing in 
what's left over. By the way, let me tell you something about Fruit Loops. <laughs> Fruit Loops are a bunch of different colors, but they all taste the same. No matter what the color is, the Fruit Loops all taste the same because they're made up of the same stuff. I don't care what you throw in God's way and what color it is. If it's not what it requires, it all tastes the same. It is unacceptable to God. But let's close by reversing it. You give him the worship he requires. Your emotions stay intact. Sin has to stay behind the door because it doesn't have emotions to piggyback on. And you won't wind up worse than you started because God will have regarded you. And by the way, Abel needed one lamb for one person. When God established the Passover, it was one lamb for one family. Then he had the Day of Atonement and it was one lamb for one nation. And on the cross, there was one lamb for one world. Behold the lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. One of the tough things in life sometimes is to worship God, especially when you don't see him. Sometimes you have to worship by faith. Sometimes you have to praise him when you don't want to praise him, glorify him when you're not emotionally motivated to do it. And so you do it anyway by faith, believing that God sees and God knows. How is your worship? Is your worship tied to your feeling or is your worship tied to your faith? God is waiting for your worship because God is real even when your circumstances are confusing. Keep looking up so that the God of heaven can operate in your life on earth.